Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Alright, let me get that turned down. What's going on, family? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into I think this is episode 49 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. So we just gonna keep uh, chugging along like the little engine that could. Um, shout out to everybody who listens and uh, who rocks with the podcast. And um, yeah, much love to y'all, man. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate everything that you do. I appreciate everybody who retweets, likes. Um, you know, post the podcast. Um, you know, much love to y'all. And um, you know, just a special shout out to uh that brother Tariq Nasheed and his More Us app. Uh he got that launched um earlier this week. Um I got logged in on there. Um the do rags and boat shoes uh pages up there and you can follow me on More Us if you have an iPhone or an iPad. Um, at Adrian Bradford and make sure you uh, like do rags and boat shoes um, you know I'm pretty much I think I'm gonna be done fucking with uh, Facebook uh, to be honest with you because right now like my brothers uh, shout out to my brother QB shout out to Ike and Prime um, and my wife like I'm not popping up on their news feeds and on my uh, and uh, my families they're they, they showing me their feed and like yeah you ain't popping up and things like that like a few people are seeing me and shit like that because normally you know i get you know i get the likes from my family and my close friends you know when i post a status or something funny or you know i check in with my wife at a spot boo shut up go lay down damn dog and uh yeah and it's, it, it hasn't been happening at all and i'm like what the fuck and uh yeah and so you know i talk with my brothers and uh you know i talked with my wife and you know she showed me on her ipad and her phone i'm not you know popping up at all and things like that and so what she started doing she started checking us in the places you know with her phone with her windows phone and uh yeah and my friends and family like it because it pops up on their news feed so i don't know what's going on you know make you know while back that story broke you know about uh you know people at facebook you know covering up the black lives matter you know uh, writing on the mural you know with all lives matter and you know just trying to silence it and then deleting black empowerment post or you know banning people for like 30 days or banning them for a week when they talk about black empowerment and um yeah it's just kind of fucked up so uh you know i think they did something to an algorithm or something like that so i won't be popping up because you know the podcast be raw and uncut and you know I, I tell the truth you know maybe they don't like me telling the truth but you know um I'm very grateful that, you know, that More Us app is popping off. And uh, so make sure if you got an iDevice, you know, you go ahead and download that and let's support this brother and this move here. You know, so it's pretty dope. It's a clean looking app. Um, not all the features are up because it's still, you know, it's still the beta of it. But um, 
I'm happy I contributed, you know, to the campaign to get this developed. You know, I think it was about a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 really clean. It has a Facebook look to it, but uh, it's a little bit different. So um, yeah, still shout out to that brother, and uh, you know, make sure you like do rags and boat shoes. Uh, hit me up with a friend request on there at Adrian Bradford, and uh, yeah, it is what it is. So let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer jam screen. Um, I guess the first thing that I really wanted to uh, speak on was um, how I've had this belief for a while and I've had, you know, other black folks had this belief, too. You know, we were sipping the future Kool-Aid and uh, um, the belief is that, you know, we we thought that, you know, the older that we get and, you know, raising our kids right and shit like that, racism would die out. There wouldn't be you know so much hate and bigotry but we seen it come full force full-fledged you know during this whole trump campaign and things of that sort and you know for for a moment there you know i say around you know obama when he got nominated when he got you know nominated for president elected president whatever you however you want to call it um you know you thought the world was changing we was like okay okay and so we thought we were living in a post-racial society and things of that sort and then you know around what was that 2011 2012 trayvon martin happened and that just seemed like that got the ball rolling it really got the ball rolling for all these you know racialized killings and things of that sort and uh you know and i have to let go of the belief that you know racism will die out you know with the baby boomers because it's not i mean you see what happens with this new uh is is morphing uh racism is morphing white supremacy is morphing you look at this group called the alt-right the alternate right whatever you want to call it it's these internet trolls you know these these young white guys some women you know who are obsessed with anime you know who who basically harness the power of the internet and uh you know, these young guys are, you know, pretty much trolling people to the point that they're, you know, they're a political force. They're being talked about, you know, by, you know, by somebody like Hillary Clinton and things of that sort. And the reason that I said is morphing because a lot of these alt writers are, you know, some gay white men, you know, you know, back in the days with the, you know, the Klan and, you know, the, the conservative right wingers, you know, they knew how to, you know, they were, it was mainly straight white men or down, down low, you know, white men, you know, you've seen so many conservatives, you know, vote against gay rights and they ended up, you know, getting caught tapping toes in the airport bathroom trying to suck a dick or two. So, but right now you got them out uh, doing their thing, you know, out of the closet and just being, you know, just very blunt, uh, you know, being very racist. And, uh, you know, these are the young, this, these are the younger guys. So we're dealing with, you know, Generation X, you know, racist and millennial racist. So this, this shit ain't going to die. So, you know, people of color, you have to keep fighting a good fight. You know, you have to keep fighting for justice, not revenge, but justice. And uh, the reason that I bring this up is because I saw a video. Uh, this was just after I posted the last week's podcast um, later uh, last Wednesday went morning when I posted it. Um, I saw a video of some Black Lives Matter 
um, you know, doing a peaceful protest. Some people doing a peaceful protest about BLM, Black Lives Matter. And there was this white boy who had a fucking knapsack or potato sack, burlap sack, that had uh, the stars and bars on it with a marijuana leaf, which was odd. I don't know what the fuck that was about. But he was holding it up. And then he had a banana with a noose around it. And he had on a monkey mask and he was trying to give the 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 banana to the to the black protesters. And Lord willing, you know, God, oh, man, you know, I, I'm getting mad even thinking about it now because I'm like, if somebody if I'm up here trying to bring light to an issue and somebody walks up on me with a gorilla mask and he has a banana on a noose and he's trying to hand it to me and you know trying to agitate me you know i am going to quote unquote fear for my life and stump a mud hole in them and walk it dry that's what i would do personally but these people you know they practice great restraint and the young man was arrested you know they yanked off the the gorilla mask but that was just real life trolling you know that's the situation where if somebody did knock him smooth the fuck out he would basically call victim and call the cops you know he would call the cops and then some black man or some black woman would be arrested or have the shit beat out of him and tased or even killed you know for laying hands on this good white man so you know it's situations so i've been seeing stuff like that um, you know, listening to uh, folks shit on the, the, the Cornhusker uh, players who were kneeling. It was a lot of younger folks, you know, um, was trolling and then listening to like sports talk radio and just shit online. People were, you know, calling into the radio stations here and just bullshit like that. And, um, you know, a lot of these folks did sound younger. So there isn't hope. It's just morphing. Like I said, uh, white supremacy is morphing. You know, it's still, you know, some people say that, you know, America wants they white supremacists wants to morph into an apartheid state, you know, where they will become the minority, even though they are the minority globally. But once they become the minority in the United States, you know, it'll turn into an apartheid state where they'll be the ruling elite and all this other shit. Um, but like I said, I just feel like this is Custer's last stand for uh, white supremacists, you know, back against the wall, you know, just scratching and kicking and, you know, trying to go out with a bang. That's how I feel about this situation. But, you know, it's very disturbing. And I just had this great belief and people even wrote books like Torre wrote a book about post-racial America, you know, uh, way back, I think, during the first term of Obama's uh, presidency. Um, you know, just thinking that we were moving forward. We knew racism still existed, but it wasn't so in your fucking face as we see it now. Um, it's it's going back to that old Bull Connor you know uh nigger go home you know just right there in your face but the war is taking place online you know and during some of these protests too yeah people protesting the protesters who are protesting you know injustice so that's that's what i really wanted to say about that and it, and it had me thinking it was like how how did we continue to deal with this you know how, how did we get here to this point so, you know, I went back and, you know, I, I don't know how I came upon this, but um, I started reading about, you know, the populist movement, you know, the last time black folks and white folks got together, 
and pretty much created their own party outside of the Democrats and the Republicans. And it was basically, you know, white farmers and black farmers and, you know, blue collar blacks and whites coming together and basically creating a uh, political party. And uh, I think I was just I think I was just Googling, you know, just how to maximize your vote and voting with the demand and shit like that. Just trying to research for today's show. And I just came across the populist movement. I remember reading about this, you know, in social studies back in like junior high and uh, even in grade school. You know, they, they fluff it up for you. But, you know, even though they were they were separate but equal, like they would have get togethers like cookouts and shit like that where politicians will come to talk to them but it would be whites at one table blacks at the other but they knew the agenda was basically hey you need to start taking care of the the working man you know these farmers and things like that we're feeding the country and things of that sort where the black white but we want equal pay uh, for our crops and all this other shit from big businesses trying to buy the crops from them and just that's that was the movement that was the populist movement and uh, then I came across the uh um how long not long speech from dr king and and that's when it just kind of hit me when he started speaking about jim crow and he was talking about the populist movement you know um back before the depression hit and so you know this quote from dr king because you know white folks especially um fake white liberals love to quote dr king when black folks want to start fighting for justice you know this ain't you know they always you know uh, we should hold hands and pray and all this other shit you know when uh and they start quoting not the i have a dream speech just taking bits and parts uh bits and pieces from it to calm black folks down to try to soothe them and shit like that but um but just coming full circle just listening to the full speech you know it, it came to the part when he was speaking about jim crow and then i was like damn this is pretty much a generational thing you know of you know um, of bigoted parents teaching their kids and then their kids you know their kids teaching their kids kids and all this other shit but this quote from dr king it just stuck with me from from the the from the how long not long um speech so i'm gonna read it to you guys and it says uh if it may be said of the slavery era that the white man took the world and gave the negro jesus and then it may be said of the reconstruction era that the southern uh, <clears throat> aristocracy took the world and gave the poor white man jim crow uh, and when his wrinkled stomach cried out for the food that his empty pockets could not provide he ate jim crow a psychological bird that told him that no matter how bad off he was at least he was a white man better than a black man and he ate jim crow and when his undernourished children cried out for the necessities that his low wages could not provide he showed them the jim crow signs on the buses and in the stores on the streets and in the public buildings and his children too learned to feed upon jim crow their last outpost of psychological oblivion now that's the fucking that's pretty deep just and that's where this mentality kind of started you know they said the populist movement pretty much just broke up you know as you know jim crow became a little bit stronger and some of those politicians started focusing on the white farmers as opposed to those black ones and then you had people like the Klan who were strong democrats who would basically start flushing out these uh flushing out the black farmers and you know fucking up their crops and everything like that so that's pretty much how that movement you know poof gone and um 
and and, and always and I speak about this on numerous podcasts about how uh, Dr. Frances Cress Welsing rest in peace when she was talking with a politician in the South, you know, uh, speaking about how much power, you know, uh, poor white folks could have if they, you know, partnered with black folks and created, you know, these these huge enormous voter blocks to get their needs met also and. Uh, you know, the politician was saying just as long as that white man knows that he's better off than a black man, he will never vote in the interest of a black man, you know, or join forces with that. And it's true. It is very true. And you see it to this day. You have Donald Trump, who his taxes, taxes were just released um, through New York. Uh, the New York Times ran an article They you know, got an anonymous envelope. You know, somebody had the tax return. And this man, you know lost had a net loss of almost a billion dollars it was like 916 million dollars it's close enough to a billion and uh it's it's wild and you have this man bragging about not paying federal taxes you know going through these irs loopholes so he won't have to pay federal taxes which you know excuse me you know pays for uh, every fucking thing federally so everything from the troops you know taking care of people who are on disability um the elderly poor folks um unemployment wages just everything that's federally funded so the highways the roads just every fucking thing and he's talking about that makes me smart but you have so many poor ass white folks voting wanting to vote for a millionaire and it's 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 scary because it's just like it feels like um it just feels like a group of zombies just all just fucking coming together for one thing and it's white supremacy you know and it's just a feeling and i i just need to be better than these negroes and these mexicans you know and it's it's very wild it's very wild but i'm not saying this to to make my my fellow black folks you know vote out of fear for hillary because that's 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 nothing but the she devil right there you know and it would say more you know if we didn't vote if we left that you know we leave it blank you know or fill in somebody else you know just write in a fictional character or something of that sort you know and um people are writing great responses to why they're not voting which is amazing it's like like who who the fuck are you gonna vote for you know what i'm saying it's just like do you vote for the devil or the she devil do you vote for the fox or the wolf and no no you're not gonna scare me into voting for somebody who who you know is sly and their racism isn't as blatant but they will pass some racist policies it was just like watching that debate and you saw uh, that, you know, when they start talking about these killings, you know, Donald Trump just right out, just blunt with it. Law and order needs to be restored. Law and order, law and order, law and order. Then you looked at Hillary. She's talking about police reform. We don't they don't need any more millions of dollars with all this military equipment that they have to out here be talking about, you know, they just need sensitivity training and things of that sort. And uh you know, it's just a fucked up thing, you know, so you have this alt-right group that's, you know, that's pushing Trump and things of that sort, and uh, it's just morphing into something even uglier than what we've seen in the past that I've had to deal with, you know, in my short years on this planet, so black folks, you really need to 
band together and start fighting a good fight and just stop bickering online. I see niggas arguing on online all fucking day about just goofy shit. You know, I seen uh, some black folks, you know, are arguing about uh, they're not black first. You know, they're this, that, and the third first, but and that's why nothing ever gets passed. You know, you start talking about well, we need black rights. We need to, you know, do this, this, and this. I've I've laid out the game plan hundred, not hundreds of times, but a few times. I ain't hit a hundred yet on the shows, but and you have. It's, it's very frustrating because then you'll have a, a Negro come in and talking about, well, um, I think it's, you know, but what about the Jehovah Witnesses? And, you know, what about what about the uh, the lesbians that only like 12 inch uh, strap ons? You know, or what about the what about the brothers that's married to, you know, Asian women? You know, I don't want to you know, I don't want to ruffle her feathers and things like that and scare her off because I'm pro black. And, and it's like pro black doesn't mean anti anything. And so we so we start arguing about that until the cows come home and then you look up and you're like, oh, fuck, mm, we didn't get shit done at this meeting. We didn't get nothing done. We're not on the same page because everybody wants to be an individual. Like we need to work as a collective and all issues will be addressed once we come together as a collective. But we don't seem to fucking understand that. And I don't get that. I don't I don't get that. You know, everybody wants to be this shining star and be uh, this great individual, which I understand. But we need to come together as collective and make this world a better place for our little ones. We don't want our little ones, you know, walking that fine line between the sun and the moon. Just, you know, having to be two people at once, you know, to appease somebody that doesn't look like them, you know, so they won't be threatening. They, they can be themselves and live their truth. You know, there's nothing more comfortable than knowing who you are and being comfortable is who you are. But right now we live in a state when you're comfortable is who you are. You're seen as a threat. So we need to come together as a collective, get on the same damn page politically and economically and build a better, you know, world for our kids. That's what that's what we really need to do. But uh, going back to these these killer cops. And uh, speaking about police reform, like I said earlier, with uh, Donald Trump's and Hillary's statements. So I'm rereading this book that I have. It's called uh, Breaking Rank by Norm Stanford. He was a uh, police chief, <clears throat> excuse me, up in the Northwest, up in Seattle. He was a police chief. And uh, he basically just wrote this book just um, showing the dark side of American policing. This book came out a while ago, but this man has been in hiding because of all of the death threats that he get um, for exposing what goes on in the police departments. And uh, he was talking about when he, uh, his earliest days in the academy, uh, this, uh, I don't know what year this was, but this was when the black Muslims was prominent uh, an instructor in the presentation basically uh wrote a chapter in the academy manual and it said verbatim in the manual this is the police manual so this this shows the fear that the police have so and the propaganda that they actually roll out and nothing really has changed from when they were you know the, the patty rollers or the patty wagon gang you know catching slaves so this is actually in the police manual and it was talking about uh, some the black males in an area called Logan Heights 
So it says verbatim, this information is designed to acquaint you with the nation of Islam or the quote Muslim cult unquote. It should be noted at this time that your police department has always maintained a detachment for political, racial, and religious involvements. This policy has not changed as this is a sketch of a pseudo-religious organization whose creed it is the whose creed is the annihilation of the white man. That's what it says verbatim in that manual. So they're being taught to be scared of uh muslims aka black males and it said the black male population in logan heights which is a black area um where he was in the academy yet in that city and uh so and let's see here and he said we learned that this pseudo religious organization was composed of 20 to 30 year old men called the fruit of islam uh that these men uh were selected for their physical prowess and are adept uh, aggressive tactics in judo that they were almost psychotic in their hatred of caucasians and are comparable to the mau mau or kamikaze in their dedication and fanaticism and that locally members of this cult will kill any police officer when the opportunity presents itself regardless of circumstances or outcome now how many millions of dollars would you like to bet me that i don't have that coming up and when whoever writes the next um police manual you see where i'm going with this or whatever department manual for these up-and-coming cops in the next couple years few years that they'll replace the fruit with black lives matter right so this is just showing you just I, I, I just want y'all to read this book and it, it talks about cops who basically, you know, have a bad day, you know, the night before at home, you know, the wife wouldn't give up that pussy or something or they was arguing and he's coming to work the next day talking about, you know, I'm gonna go, you know, beat the fuck out of some niggers and some spicks or something and, uh, you know, they take it out on quote unquote perps and they were running an investigation uh, Norm was the guy who wrote this book, the police chief, um, about racial slurs in the workplace and shit like that. And uh, you know, he was he interviewed one white cop and he was talking about, well, yeah, we say it, but we just saying jokingly and shit like that. We don't say it in front of a perp, uh, you know, or a suspect and things of that sorts. And uh, and he interviewed a brother, and this is what I said when uh, I said that some black folks will give you more, some black cops will give you more hell than you ever can imagine that a whole group of white cops would give you because they're trying to show you how loyal to that badge they are and to that blue shield or blue wall whatever the fuck you want to call it so he's talking about he's interviewing a brother uh, a, a black cop and he's like you know do you use these racial slurs have you heard them he was like yeah i hear them around here you know um they stop saying them it gets real quiet when i come around and then i'll say some racial slurs too to make everybody comfortable with it and to show that i'm one of the gang now that's very dangerous and i know there's a lot of there's a lot of brothers and sisters out here who, who move like that who are in a workplace like that i don't know them personally but i know there's a lot out there that want to appeal and appease to these white folks these white supremacists these racists these bigots you know by saying you know reinforcing stereotypes of black folks hispanics asians whoever to be one of the gang and that's that's very dangerous you have to watch those folks uh, somebody on twitter um 
was showing that uh, some undercover cops were part of a protest, I think, in New York. Um, some brothers, you know, was uh, dressed, you know, dr you can always tell a UC, I'm going to tell you this, you can always tell a UC um, in a protest or a rally because if it's a brother or Hispanic because they dress like a white boy. They'll have the ball cap on, and it's not like a dad hat, but it's like, uh, you know, it'll be a snapback, but the brim will be really, really bended. And then also, they will have on some white boy jeans, and they'll have on, uh, like, some kicks, like some, uh, not some fresh Air Maxes, but it'd be kind of beat up. Um, they'll have on, you know, maybe an American Eagle polo or something like that, or a jacket. And, but the hat, the hat is what really gives it away. Most of the time, they'll have on a hat. And, uh, you know, to try to be, you know, try to blend in. And so you won't really see their eyes and it'll be real low and it'll be bent hard. But not like a C, but like a U, you know, you know, some brothers, you know, like old heads, like uh, Ice Cube, you know, they'll wear their hats with a little bit, you know, to straight, but with a little bit of a C bent. But if that motherfucker bent like a U, you, you got to watch them. And then a lot of times they'll have their badge around their neck, but it'll be tucked in. So you always look for that chain They try to tuck it in under their collar, but they can't do it. It's usually a black dude, black dudes who are dressed like white boys. That's so that's what it is. And they'll usually be in the crowd trying to, you know, get it hyped and shit like that and trying to start some shit. So that's what that's what you really gotta look out for in these protests. That's just an FYI. They'll they'll never be in a fresh pair of J's or something like that, or something that black folks uh wear. They'll always be a Negro dressed like a white boy. That's that's just it is what it is. But um also, to go back to this book and going into the mentality of some of these cops um, at the beginning of this chapter, uh, this specific chapter, it was talking about how um, let me let me go back to it. It was talking about how a mother was talking about she was sad that she had two sons that she was raising and how she had to have to talk with them about, you know, uh, she don't want to come down to the morgue and get told that one of her boys are down here because the police shot him when he tried to run. And then, you know, the cops, their mentality, I'm going to read this quote from them, and it's like, it's open season, season on us in the Heights, Chief. If you're, if you're working the blacks, you're wearing a target, plain and simple. For me, it comes down to this, kill or be killed. I got a wife and two boys. My sons need their father. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it home at the end of the shift. You know, so that, that so that was a, that's a cop basically telling the Chief, yo, I'm going to smoke a motherfucker. You know, because I need to come home to my kids and it's that shoot first mentality, which is so fucking dangerous. Very, very fucking dangerous. So I just really want y'all to pick up that book by Norm Stamper. It's called Breaking Rank. And it, it basically just goes into the mentality of some of these cops, you know, and it'll give you a greater understanding, which we already knew. But if you don't know, now, you know, so really just pick up this book, read it real easy read. Um, you know, you probably can get through it, you know, in three, four days if you read it religiously instead of turning on the TV and vegging out. So I would recommend people definitely read this. This man is in hiding right now. You know, I think he lives on an island by himself up there in Washington. You know, they got them little islands up there. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for him, you know, exposing this, you know, um, it's, it's a, it's a deep book, very good book. That's why I'm reading it again. So but that's all I really wanted to say about that. And then going back to, you know, these 
I guess I, I didn't give the example of Dylan Roof when I was talking about the Dr. King thing, but I didn't know that this man was a was a ninth grade dropout. You know, th- this this man was slow. He he wasn't the smartest you know tool in the shed. He wasn't the sharpest one. And uh, you know, you seen what he did. He went on and you know gained the trust of those black folks in the church, and he killed them. He still you know these folks was working hard, being you know upstanding citizens in the community. And he went ahead and with his retarded ass, and he went in there and smoked, which is fucked up. So, you know, he deserved to be put under the jail. But I forgot to give that example. So, it is what it is. But moving on, um, I, I I wanted to do another podcast last week and put it up for International Podcast Day, which was September thirtieth. Um, I just and I was like, yeah, yeah, I because I, I didn't want to half-ass it for y'all. Because usually from from Tuesday, from I'll say from Wednesday to Tuesday is when I'm always gathering research, reading, uh, looking at different stories, um, putting my spin on it, my take on it. And I didn't want to rush anything and just force some shit out there for you. And so it, it would have felt forced. It probably would have been like a 20 minute episode or some shit like that. And I didn't want to I don't want to cheat people like that, you know, so but um for international podcast day september 30th you know just shout out to the podcast that i listen to um bodega boys um the scattered podcast um that's with the homeboy randy um shout out to him uh and his crew over there uh, just some some wacky natives and white boys just talking that shit pretty funny um and let's see so bodega boys scattered podcast um i really need to start a hashtag for omaha podcast because I, I hear people always hit me up and they ask me about my setup, you know, for my podcast and things like that. And I'll lay that. I, I don't have a I don't I'm not one of them niggas. It's like, oh, you got to figure that out on your own. I tell them straight up like I'm using a hundred and fifty dollar mic, an M audio, you know, USB microphone, pair of beats, uh, headphones. And I'm using uh, audacity to record and edit on. And that's free. You can download it for free. And um that's pretty much what i use and when i do interviews and things like that i'm grateful enough to you know have my brother you know uh, prime the ruler you know he has his own music studio and you know he has some great some great microphones there and a great setup in his studio that i can use you know when you know when he's not booked with other artists so i'm very grateful with that but there's so many people that hit me up you know how do you do a podcast how do you set it up how do you get it up on itunes and i lay out the whole blueprint and tell them how to do it and uh things of that sort and uh they never do it which which kind of sucks because i would love to you know link up with other podcasters and things like that in the city of omaha um and you know just chop up game with them um you know do crossover episodes and things of that sort so hopefully more folks are getting into it but i've seen some i think uh a new radio station just popped off you know at the malcolm x center so shout out to them for doing their radio show and things of that sort hopefully you know all the shows that they do over there you know you can find them online somewhere because uh, not everybody can receive that signal so that's that's why i chose to do a podcast um you know as opposed to uh doing you know some you know a radio show and things like that and then you can't curse you know you have to be politically correct um and you can't just really give it to people raw and um and what i use as far as storing the uh audio online is i use soundcloud but i'm paying like 15 bucks a month for or unlimited storage but um 
there is a website called archive.org and if you guys are going to start a podcast and you don't want to pay any money um check that out it's archive.org and so basically what you can do is upload your audio files to that website to archive.org and you can also i believe they give you an rss feed so basically you could launch your own website and upload the feed to there so it'll um upload the feed to your to your personal website for your podcast and then you'll be able to you know share you know however many times you want you know when people come to your website it'll always be there because it's stored on the cloud in archive.org um and i think uh you always want to get a you always want to get a i need to do this uh a um a, a hard drive you know to back up all your files and things of that sort um i think i'll launch a website pretty soon with everything on it instead of just using soundcloud and itunes and stitcher um just because i want to start back blogging also so i want the blogs to be up there along with the episodes of do rags and boat shoes um and so yeah but yeah but that's just some advice for um you know international podcast day which was last week um so yeah so i listen to scatter podcast bodega boys i listen to the Tariq elite radio show um and i and i listen to combat jack combat jack is dope um he has some dope interviews uh once in a blue i listen to tax season uh by tax stone and uh the only only problem i'll be having with tax stone is it just feel like i'm on the block again talking with my niggas and you can only you can only deal with that for so long like you know just this i don't know it's just too much street shit it's like a street nigga talking to you know some folks that are you know very educated which is kind of dope but at the same time it's frustrating too uh listening to that sometimes just sometimes but always feel like i'm back on the block and uh you know you're trying to educate a dumb nigga sometimes you know uh you know trying to break down game to him and all this other shit you know but be safe though um another podcast i listen to um is the addicted to success success podcast um which is a dope one um they have different entrepreneurs on there people who actually you know made millions of dollars and things of that source that's where you know i came across lisa nichols she's a major key um especially her abundance now seminars that she has popping off and you can listen to those on youtube but yo she 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 dropped some jewels so i would recommend listening to addicted to success um there's a there's some other podcasts out there that i need to start listening to but only listen to those small few because i don't want to you know like incorporate you know stuff that other podcasts do until this show because i like how i have my segments you know summer jam screen selling hope like dope um hold this l not all heroes wear capes and uh health over wealth so just those five subjects i like just keeping that there you know and um I think people like that too because it kind of breaks up the monotony of just listen to me rant you know because you're like oh that's the end of that segment you know if you're at work or something of that sort you can be like oh i can just pause it here he was talking about you know he's at um hold this l right now because i just listened to summer jam screen i just listened to uh selling hope like dope so so that's that's all it is so just shout out to all the podcasts i listen to and if you in omaha and you do a podcast fucking let me know 
please uh please let me know and i'll definitely check it out and uh you know if you're up on soundcloud or something like that or i'll repost it on twitter um and facebook uh, i don't really fuck with facebook like that but i will and uh to you know just let me know if, if you got a podcast popping and you're in omaha so i'll try to create a hashtag or something like that to try to link up with other omaha folks who do uh podcasts but moving on uh there is a story that broke uh rick flair has a podcast so everybody named mama got podcasts so that's not that's not my issue with so many people having podcasts um because i love just talking that shit and i love the responses i be getting from people like text messages and emails and shit like that or uh you know on twitter and things like that people you know just laughing out loud and shit like that but um yeah rick flair has a podcast and i think to be successful in podcasting you just have to be consistent you have to know your audience and uh you have to just keep going you know just keep going keep moving and because there's so many people that start a podcast like somebody uh like on international podcast day i was checking out the hashtag and stuff and people like i'm listening to this podcast and you fucking check out the podcast and it got three episodes on there and it's from like 2014 you like my nigga how are you still listening to this podcast there's three episodes from 2014 you know it's you know so you always want to have longevity i feel like right now it's the wild wild west everybody's you know trying to get in and trying to get that sponsor money and trying to get that endorsement money and things of that sort but i think the podcast that's going to last are the ones that have a uh, actual structure to them um not the podcast that always have to rely on guests you know there's so many people that just because they're not that interesting or that creative you know to have a little bit of humor you know into the information that they're giving or a a great subject so they always have to have a great guest on so those ones are kind of hard to maintain because you're always looking for a guest always always and a lot of those podcasts that always have guests you know sometimes it's schedule conflicts and things of that sort so they can't be as consistent so they might drop like once every two weeks once every three weeks sometimes even once a month you know you know drop like a two-hour podcast with an interview with somebody so you know you always want to be kind of consistent with it you know shit if i was if that hand-to-hand money was good enough you know shit i'd be make i'd do a show four or five nights a week you know but it is what it is so going back to speaking about rick flair so he has a podcast and uh the dude just dropped a bombshell he just said that he uh that he uh slept with Halle Berry I'm like what the fuck and he was talking about that it was uh excuse me it was right after her divorce from uh David Justice I'm like Jesus I'm like but you know it if I'm gonna tell you this I wouldn't have believed the nature boy Ric Flair and if you don't know who Ric Flair is go put yourself in a figure four leg lock okay and then yeah woo okay but um if Halle Berry hadn't done Monsters Ball when she was getting dicked down really on camera by uh, by your man's uh, Billy Bob Thornton, I I wouldn't have believed it. You know, if she didn't, they because they it's rumored that they were actually having sex on that on Monsters Ball on film that they just let the cameras roll. Cat the you know the crew left and you know she took that pipe, but. And she threw that pussy back at him. But if that if that hadn't that hadn't have happened, 
I wouldn't have believed Ric Flair, but I, I I think he got it. I think he got that monkey up out of her. But um, she released her people released a statement today talking about that you know she's appalled by it, yada yada yada. Um, that she don't even know who he is. I'm like, you don't know who Ric Flair is, my nigga. Like, come on now. But wild, fucking wild. So Rick, I, I believe Ric Flair because if she could take that dick from Billy Bob Thornton on camera and win an Oscar for that and she wasn't even that great in the movie she just got butt ass naked and was taking that old white dick but hey that's what got her that Oscar but if she hadn't have done that I wouldn't have believed her but uh, wow that that was a fucking bombshell that Ric Flair dropped and then uh, you know just real quick uh, rest in peace to Shorty Lowe uh day no day no so just rest in peace to that brother um man he got in a bad car accident didn't survive but uh man they drove that brother they drove his hearse to the club one last time i was just like man and then folks was posting his picture on uh on uh the the internets you know uh, of him in the casket i'm like god damn but uh you know, and then so some folks are talking about they're going to rename a street after him or an expressway after him or a boulevard or something. Something where cars drive on, they're going to rename it Shouty Low Boulevard or something like that. And uh, and uh, I think they're thinking of replacing uh, some prominent Atlanta attorney during the civil rights era. I'm like, man, that's kind of fucked up, though. You know, you're going to replace that attorney who was fighting for black folks' rights with uh shorty low but you know god bless the dead and it is what it is don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks i smoke rocks all right so moving on to selling hope like dope uh we gotta go over the media frenzy with this whole uh kim k incident um you know if you have been sleeping under a rock or whatever um kim k was robbed in uh paris uh she was staying in this luxury mansion that you can rent out you know for a few days at a time and i think the mansion has like different apartments inside of it so think of like uh those big old mansions in uh or those big ass houses in dundee uh that are turned into apartments so think about that but like probably like eight to ten times bigger and nicer uh so that's what you get with a mansion apartment so you know different sections and they have a concierge and all this other shit so basically a group of guys came in there over through the concierge um i don't know how the fuck they got past their security or whatnot but barged in the room basically uh you know uh duct taped her put tape over her mouth tied her up threw her in the tub and uh took uh i think uh what was it a ring or something that was worth like four million dollars four and a half million dollars in a jewelry box worth about five and a half million dollars full of jewels and then uh took a couple of phones and this this really does sound like an inside job you know uh kim really has some thorough ass security if you saw what happened with uh the dude that was trying to kiss her ass they took her down pretty quick which was fucking stupid like you really you really out here thirsting for attention you trying to you know kiss kim k's ass literally in public you know being a fucking goofball so they really have to look at her security team her security staff to see what the fuck is going on and then at the same time you know you can't be 
out here just flashing these jewels and you know thinking shit is all sweet you know because you know that in the hood you know you know you going into a spot you know you on the block you know you done flipped a couple packs and you you know you got that nice little 14 karat chain on you know shit is sweet you know and you in the club rocking and shit like that stunting on niggas and shit like that you know there there's some jump out boys there's some you know some niggas in an unmarked van you know that's gonna they're gonna take that shit you know and take you back to the take you back to the crack spot where you was you know getting them bags off and you know they're gonna take that chain they're gonna probably take your life you know after they you know run up in your stash spot you know take the rocks and all this other shit but it just shows celebrities can get touched too anybody can get it and uh these guys uh man made off with damn near you know 10 mil in jewels jewels and uh you know and i know it has to be a horrible horrible feeling for kanye west you know to be somewhere else you know a whole nother country back home you know where from his wife and he's not being able to protect her you know thinking that you know his the security staff is thorough and all this other shit so this just screams inside job it does but the reason that this is selling hope like dope there's people out here saying that this is a pr stunt and you know the kardashians are known for a lot of fuckery you know they will you know uh you know uh basically disrupt or um, contaminate the sanctity of marriage you know for a few million dollars just like when she married chris humphreys and then you know chloe marrying lamar and shit like that to keep a storyline going but to actual hire somebody to come in here and tie your ass up and uh put tape over your mouth throw you in the tub put the burner to you to the side of your temple and uh basically run off with 10 million dollars in jewels that's that's a hell of a reach you know i don't even think the kardashians would stoop that low i i, I honestly don't and then there was people online talking about they should have raped her and all this other shit like what kind of fucking sickles are you this is still a person kim k is one of the most annoying celebrities on the planet just because she is her brand she doesn't produce anything she is her brand that's how she came up no there's no talent there it's just her with multiple surgeries and pretty much getting dicked down on camera from ray j and then it's her becoming a reality star and you know mama chris stopped double dick stopped double clutching them dicks and you know started you know being a momager and pretty much selling her kids out so she's annoying the whole family is but you don't want to see nobody get hurt you don't want to see anybody get fucked up in the game like that and people are bringing up valid points though you just can't be on snapchat stunting like that you can't be you know up on ig you know stunting for the gram and shit like that thinking shit is sweet you know this is just like i said with the metaphor you getting them packs off and you getting that nice little middle of the mall chain you know what i'm saying but sometimes you go to a different block you're gonna leave that chain at home you're gonna tuck that motherfucker because if but even though if you tuck it you know you still can see the back of that bitch and somebody gonna debo that shit and yank it off and be like let me get my chain nigga what chain you know what i'm saying so you know shit ain't sweet out here it ain't somebody's always plotting especially that much that much millions in jewelry you know if this if this had to be an inside job it had to be somebody somebody was watching somebody you know somebody was running their mouth in the security staff and all this other shit like hey only a couple guards gonna be on duty at this time yada 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 next thing you know she got got 
you know so you know hopefully that people will rethink what they're doing you know stunting on the gram because shit ain't really that sweet there's always somebody out there desperate and hungry and these guys seem like professionals you know running up in the spot like that so you know hopefully everything is safe you know hopefully her well-being you know as far as everything's safe i'm talking about like her mentally you know hopefully she's in a good spot and hopefully she's not you know going to suffer any ptsd if she does you know there's always therapy for that and things of that sort so you know it, it is what it is it, it sucks that it is what it is if you know what i'm saying and uh also on uh selling hope like dope uh your man's uh hillary clinton you know with her uh her, her move talking about register to vote and you get a chance to uh meet Pusha T at his next concert backstage like what the fuck like so you telling me young super predator you know is gonna you know the woman who made the super predator remarks is gonna help you meet Pusha T aka push a ton of that sniff like what fucking sense does that make like that is pandering at its fucking finest and that is the definition of selling hope like dope you know trying to reach them younger voters hey meet this popular rapper you know you and a friend we're gonna fly you out to meet him backstage boy that is some bullshit that is some straight up bullshit you ain't got no solutions for black folks but you're like hey you vote for me i mean you registered a vote on my website you know uh, hey you might could meet push your teeth you know like get the fuck out of here like that's just fucking whack fucking whack and that is that is the definition of selling hope like dope just selling it boy just selling it by the tons so yeah 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 just stop fucking stop this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l fuck nah frankie i can't hold the fucking l all right so uh hold this l there is a video circulating of a white man in taco bell now all he wanted to do was go get him a burrito supreme and practice a little bit of white supremacy and call some staff members some niggers and you know what this good white man fucked around and got an eight piece dark extra spicy now if you've seen the video he's in there he's like uh he's like you he's like uh, i'm gonna do something to you you fucking nigger and he's up here trying to hit these ufc kicks you know the kicks to hit uh kick somebody in the shin and try to wear them down and some shit and this brother is just giving him that eight piece dark extra spicy to the face just just rocking him he's taking out all of his you know eight dollars and 34 cents an hour frustrations on this white man just rocking him just rocking him in the dining room you know he thought he was gonna come in there you know get off a couple of niggers and do some pushing and shoving and he got that work and his oh every time i see shit like this it reminds me of what styles p tweeted he said old america doesn't understand that new america ain't having it and they you know everybody ain't gonna turn the other cheek everybody gonna give you this work with two fists to your cheeks you know so my man you gotta hold this l you know it's a capital l you know you took a loss you came in there with your camouflage and thinking that you was gonna blend in but you know you came in there with these little bum ass ufc kicks 
you know, you watched a couple of Brock Lesnar videos, you know, thinking you were going to hit a double leg takedown and you caught a couple of them haymakers right to your eye socket and you realized, you know what, tonight's not my night. I should have just grabbed my burrito and, you know, I should have shouted nigger from the drive-thru and drove off. That's what I should have did. So my guy, hold this L. You win. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So not all heroes wear capes. Um, first things first. Let's can we take time out? This is what we need to do. We really need to appreciate the shows Luke Cage and Atlanta on FX. We really need to take uh, just the time out to appreciate these shows. The creators, the writers, the producers everybody on 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 set even the man even the man holding the boom mic you know even my everybody who delivered uh food to the set just thank you thank you thank you the reason i say this is uh you have the show luke cage and marvel has done a great job at this let me uh just backtrack a little bit they've done a great job of putting characters to the forefront that the average Marvel fan really didn't care about like Iron Man Captain America like they were there people really didn't care about it too much until I would say the Civil War like in the actual comics because for me growing up with uh, Marvel it was all about X-Men and X-Force and Spider-Man that was those those that was it right there you know and once Fox, you know, got the rights to X-Men and all this other shit, they came out with them shitty ass movies. So Marvel, you know, with the emergence of Iron Man and the John Favreau, it really made you look at it like, whoa, like you really you really appreciated it. You know, you appreciated Iron Man and the Avengers was always corny in the comic books. You know, you just was like, eh, new Avengers. Eh. It's like Captain America Vision you know iron man and you know and uh uh you know like ant-man and shit like that you just like eh, yeah it ain't wolverine it ain't cyclops it ain't apocalypse it ain't you know the hellfire club you know it's not nightcrawler not gene gray not storm you know it ain't x-force it ain't cable you know it's not bishop you know it's not deadpool you know so that's how i you know grew up but Marvel has done an amazing job making us care about these characters in these movies, you know, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is amazing. Like you got this all everything is building up, you know, first it all built up to the Avengers, then we got the Avengers, now everything is building up to the Infinity Wars, you know, with Thanos and you're like, "Oh shit, this is about to be crazy," especially with the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, Thanos going to be whooping ass and uh they even got me to care about Doctor Strange. Like, Doctor Strange movie is coming out, so I'm up here reading up, you know, on the Marvel Wiki page about him and trying to understand all these different characters, so I won't be going in like a total dumbass. And even with, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, with, uh, Racket Raccoon, I can't think of the group's name, with Groot and all them, and Rocket Raccoon, and God damn it, what the fuck is that name? guardians of the galaxy yeah there we go you know it even you even cared about them but they was just a wash away group that was creating what like 89 90 because marvel was going through a slump you know and uh dc was killing them at the time but uh 
they did a great job just you know with the marvel cinematic universe like you got the agents of shield show making a killing you know on abc i, I still need to watch that and then you got jessica jones then you got fucking Luke Cage and Daredevil, and then you about to have Iron Fist on Netflix. So they they've done an amazing job of you know just kind of pulling you in to make you like, oh shit, this is about to be lit. You know, you really didn't care about the characters, but you know now I'm reading the backstory of like Hawkeye and you know Black Widow and things like that, and you're just like, oh these are pretty dope characters. So I missed a lot during my childhood just focusing on X Men, X Force, and Spider Man, and that's that's the nerd in me. Thanks to my uncle. Uh, Jerome, he brought me into that world. Um, but just moving on to this Luke Cage, like um, I used to think he was corny because you know every time I saw him, he was in that you know that yellow blouse with the bracelets and the and the gold headband thing or whatever, just looking goofy as fuck. And you know his only power was you know being super strong and you know uh, bouncing bullets off of him, but. You know, the, the the show on Netflix is so fucking dope. I just started watching it this week. I'm about eight episodes deep. I muted all the keywords, you know, on, on my Twitter feed, you know, the hashtag and, you know, any character names I, uh, I muted so I wouldn't give any spoilers. But the writing is so dope. And the reason that I say that we need to cherish shows and support shows like Atlanta and Luke Cage is because they're, they're black shows but they're black shows that's not forcibly forcibly black like when you're watching it you just feel like you're just watching a show and that's coming from as me a black man and i know other black folks feel like that you're not you're not watching it and be like yo this shit is corny like why do they have all these black folks on here dressed like this and speaking like like how white folks think that we speak you know that that that's that's what i appreciate about these fucking shows that's what i love about these two shows because it's just it's just it's just a show it's not just a black show like it has black characters and it's rooted in blackness i understand that but i just feel like that i'm just watching a show you know what i'm saying i'm not i'm not dissecting you know the dialect of the cast i'm not dial you know dissecting the wardrobe and things like that i'm just sitting back i feel like i'm pe the, the, the great thing about these shows i feel like that you're looking into a window into a world you know you're just watching these people live and go through these things you know granted luke cage is a superhero got these super abilities and all this other shit and he's fighting crime and doing the right thing but you get wrapped up in it and you're and you're not you don't realize that you're watch, watching a black show now some white trolls online they're they're like oh luke cage is just so black it's just too black it's, there's too many black people in it it's, it's so black but that same thinking they will look at a movie like uh, what was that movie aloha uh you know uh rooted in hawaii and the whole cast was white and they don't see nothing wrong with that you know what i'm saying uh so maybe i have uh, a whitewashed version of you know what they have watching that movie when i watch luke cage and i watch atlanta but you do have white folks on luke cage you know some of the, the, the police force was white um you got shades on there that's a white latino dude i mean fuck i mean what the fuck but anyways um i just appreciate the show being authentic i just i really 
I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And then there's the show that's about to start on HBO, so I'll probably do a HBO Go subscription to watch it. Um, the sister that does Awkward Black Girl. Um, and I really want to watch that. I really want to support that, see what that looked like. Um, and I get the feeling from that that it's just going to be a show with black people. You know what I'm saying? Just like these other two shows are. You know, it's great writing, hilarious. Um, forgot the sister's name, but she's she's funny. You know, I enjoyed the, the YouTube series. And, you know, I really want to watch it and, you know, see how the show com- comes about. You know, and uh, and and I hope this trend continues because, um, like I said before, with Blackish, I always feel like Blackish is trying to explain to white folks why black folks do this. Like they had one episode where they were explaining the whole time why black men give each other the head nod out in the real world or when they see each other out and you know his son wasn't doing that to other brothers out in the workplace but you but you know we all we already know the code of it you know you always because you know they fighting the same struggle as you you know you always speak to other black folks when you see them in public and you always shout them out when you see them working like i see you nah, i see you you know head nod up you know or hit them with a fist you know i seen a brother um uh, what was it yesterday when I was delivering to uh, the the L Street Marketplace uh, Walmart, and uh, you know I had to I had to pull the pull my deliveries through the store because the back room was all jammed up to get to the other side of the back room. And there was a brother with his white wife and his mixed kids, and he hit me with the head nod in the fist, and I was like, all right, I see you. He's like, I see you working. You got it. And I was like, all right. And uh, you know I told him have a great day, and I was like, all right, man, have a great day. He's like, all right. And you know it's just love. You know you see somebody like that, and you're like, all right, you know. And uh, but the whole episode is them explaining it to the masses, like, okay, this is why we do this. This is why we do. It. No, just let the episode play out and quit fucking explaining everything. That's why the shit is corny. And then you had other shows where it was like a white show, you know, with black face. You know, and, uh, you know, the, the characters dressed corny. It didn't reflect the times. Uh, the slang was like from fucking 1984, 85. He was like, man, what the fuck is this bullshit? You know, it was just assimilated trash. So hopefully this trend continues and we can have authentic shows, you know, and I hope the trend continues for other races, too, because I know, uh some hispanic folks you know they feel like you know with their some some actors on tv you know trying to pass it's white you know just selling their culture out and nothing is authentic or it's just way way too yo homes yo viva la raza and you know just real just got them being you know hispanic coons on tv so hopefully this trend in hollywood's hollywood continues to develop and to grow you know for people to actually it had be real life experiences you know to reflect because representation is so fucking important you know so you know like styles p said you know new america ain't having it so hopefully this trend continues so shout out to those shows support those shows and uh you know if you don't like it you know change the fucking channel stop complaining all right so last segment of the show i know it was a little bit of a longer show but hey you know you can listen to it wednesday and thursday you know on your on your half hour lunch break if you got that but if you uh (coughs) excuse me for all my ballers out there my salary folks who got that hour launch long lunch break or you want your own boss you know hey live uh love it listen 
and bring that shit back two more times like the DJ, all right? So, uh, health over wealth. So, you know what I say? Without your health, you can't enjoy your wealth. So, this quote comes from Brother Malcolm. It's very relevant to what's going on today. Like last week, I talked about a human rights issue, human rights over civil rights. But this quote comes from uh, Brother Malcolm. It says, uh, the common goal of 22 million Afro-Americans is respect as human beings, the God-given right to be a human being. Our common goal is to obtain the human rights that America has been denying us. We can never get civil rights in America until our human rights are first restored. We will never be recognized as citizens there until we are first recognized as humans. Deep-ass quote for all my people of color, especially my black folks. And uh, shout out to that brother, Big Crit came out dressed like a cop and uh did a spoken word about police brutality bill it is what it is keep bringing light to this subject y'all keep fighting a good fight and i love y'all and i respect all of y'all and i will see y'all next week one To the roof on the cutting, so I took the top off like a Playboy bunny. Catch me pimping in a robe and some slippers, riding down 85 while I'm studding on my jigsaw. Mouth full of swishers, or riding with your sister, and six David Beckhams, or a trunk full of kickers. Take a picture of the mister, it'll last long And these haters get stretched out like a bad thong So partner mash on, or get mashed up Thank you for with looter then put a million of your cash up
I get my 87 Taylor. Went from two asses to a Maserati. First rap check, first out for everybody. Wanna know what's under my shirt? The Glock 40. Get 25 and show that, but I won't fall that. Born a real nigga, but I'm a dagoon. Just bought a new chopper, gon' use it real soon. Got the streets on lock, on my Kalo. Put me in the way I'm the realest nigga in the room. Take a look at my what you call street approved. Got a lot of haters, but he mojo. I play dumb, homie, but never been a fool. Cut my dog off, I heard he snitching too. Hello, hello, they know, they know. Hello, hello, they know, they know. Than new rain, like a white person with blue veins. I keep a black clock, red dot, blue flame. Feet hanging out the window, jock my shoe game. Cause all my kicks fly like Luke Kane. <laughs> Old player, new game. I'm focused, I'm thinking like I got two frames. I'm in my prime, I feel like a new Wayne. How come there is two women, but ain't no two Waynes? I don't know what you do, but I do things It's Mr. Every time you see me, got a new change My flow crazy, I ain't too sane But I am these shits, and they just poop stains Hello, 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 h